Welcome to Volunteer Friendly Episode 3. Is hashtag worship fails beneficial? Hey everybody, my name is Will Doggett. Welcome to the Volunteer Friendly Show, where every week in less than 10 minutes, we discuss, present a topic, a question, a subject that hopefully makes you contemplate on your own and discuss with your team to decide, should this be something we do? Maybe something we start, stop, or should have never started in the first place. Again, the goal of each one of these episodes is not for me to present my idea as gospel, and it's not a, a platform for me to uh, to present my ideas and say, this is the way to do it. But my goal is to provide you with a question that you can contemplate or discuss with your team. So if you're a worship leader, a production person, anyone involved in making Sundays happen, Happen, then this show is for you. Uh, I post every single week, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Central. Um, let's dig in today's, uh, to today's topic. Uh, is the hashtag worship fails movement um, beneficial? Now, about a year ago when I was still on Facebook, I haven't been on Facebook uh, or really any social media in uh, about a year or even more. I post a, uh, posted a question where I said something like controversial, controversial thought idea is this whole hashtag worship fails movement uh, beneficial to us. And I basically said that to me and in my experience and what I thought, I think this whole worship fails thing is, is, is preventing a whole generation of people becoming worship leaders. Now that may be a very extreme kind of idea. Um, but, and if you're not familiar with the worship fails idea, I mean, you can search YouTube and find endless videos of drum shields falling like this of worship fails happening. Uh, you know, uh, Martin Smith putting his Bible on a keyboard and starting a drum loop and drum loop and looking at the drummer, um, and saying, you know, you stop the tracks. There's also the worship fails Instagram account, um, uh, where you can see different clips of people leading worship and lots of failures. Um, and which basically the worship fails Instagram account is people complaining about, uh, tracks in Ableton, why they don't use it. And that causes all their issues, but that's a whole nother discussion for another day. And I want to be very clear. I'm not trying to point at the people that run. I don't know who that is, the, the worship fails Instagram account or people that have posted YouTube videos of worship fails and say they're bad people. That's not my intent in this, but my question my intent of asking, posing this question to us is, is this whole movement of sharing our failures uh, publicly beneficial? Now, I posted this on social media, again, on my personal Facebook page, probably about a year ago. And I basically said, I think that this whole movement is taking uh, failures that should be in private uh, and making them public. And I think it's going to hinder the ability for a lot of worship leaders to learn how to lead worship. Well, a lot of people commented that, well, I say some people commented and said, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's beneficial. Uh, some people commented and said, dude, you got to chill because failure is part of the process of learning. Um, I have no problem. I actually shared my own clip of me failing, failing in my team and it's okay. And a couple thoughts came to my mind. One, the people, a lot of the people that were okay with sharing their own clips of failure, experiences of failure, either to be posted on Instagram or on YouTube are people that have been leading worship for years. So of course, if you've been leading worship for years, you're going to be okay sharing your failures because the failures you experienced were in private. One of my favorite stories to tell was at Liberty University playing electric guitar. This was um, either my freshman or sophomore year. And we were playing for a giant conference. We were at our um, uh, basketball arena. And it was a conference. I forgot the name of the conference now, but that we would have every single year. And it was just packed full of people. I mean, it was probably 
I don't know what it holds, 10 to 15,000 people, right? It's a very large kind of experience. And so we were doing the song and it was more of a uh, gospel-y song. And it was one of those songs where, you know, it's got a key change, like classic. We don't do lots of key changes much in modern worship music now, but um, we had a key change. And so typically a key change, at least what I was experienced with and growing up was a whole step key change. We go from G to A, right? That sort of thing. So I thought that's what we're doing. Uh, let's say for the sake of example, we were in the key of G. So we're playing and I go to, do we go to do the key change? And I just as confidently as I can hit that A chord. But what I didn't realize is this was Southern gospel music, which is weird and quirky. And for some reason they decided it should be a whole and a half key change. So as opposed to going from G to A, we went from G to B flat or G to A sharp for those of you guitar players that don't understand flats. And so the rest of the band is playing a B flat. And I'm playing an A and I'm super confident and proud. And I just, and then just moved up and everything was good. But for me, that experience happened before really social media existed. That's how old I am. Facebook was created while I was in college. And I remember getting a Facebook account. It was only for people that uh, were in college. But one of the other things that came out of that is uh, a guy that um, was uh, on staff. He's still on staff there, uh, at Liberty and helps and works with bands. He, you know, came up years later and he's like, man, I always think of you as that guy that just hit that chord, you know, whatever, super, super loud. And he said, you know, I, I, I always think of you as that, that one time that, as a guitar player that played that A chord when everyone else was in B flat. And we laughed about it and I, I joked about it. And honestly, there, I have no hard feelings towards that guy. It is very funny. And if you know me personally, uh, you know, a lot of you see Ableton tutorials and stuff, but you don't know me personally. You ha- don't have years of experience working with me, serving in ministry with me. You know that I joke around all the time. I make fun of myself. I make fun of people that I enjoy being around and joke around. And so my particular pushback towards this worship fails thing is, is not one uh, we, we should all be super serious and godly and to be godly means to not laugh or make a joke. That's 100% not me. That's not 100% my resistance. The other thing that I saw in the post was a lot of people saying, well, you've got to understand failure is essential to learning. And I said, well, actually go back and read my post. And I got in an argument, which this is why Facebook and all social media is completely worthless and awful for all of society, uh, where I went back and forth with these two particular guys, one of which is just his, I think, goal in life is just to be a jerk to everyone. Um, where we went back probably five comments where they kept trying to tell me and explain to me that I needed to understand, to lighten up and understand that failure is essential to learning. And I kept saying, go back up and read what I said. That's what I'm saying. So for me personally, I do feel like uh, in order to learn, you have to fail. Failure is essential for learning. I had the benefit of though, uh, that all my failures were done, not in the public eye. Now I've done webinars where I failed miserably. I've done things like that, you know, recently in the past two to three years. And uh, you just got to suck it up and get over it. And that's, uh, that's part of it, right? That's part of life. Uh, people are going to be mean. People are going to say rude stuff on in YouTube and comments. That's all part of life. Like you're going to experience that. And I understand that. But here's my main kind of thing is with this whole worship fails thing. I personally have always felt like um, uh, in the new world that we live in, a young worship leader makes a mistake. An audio engineer uh, has their auto tune in a different key. The waves tune live is in a different key. And then what happens after the service, we take that video and we post it. And here's the thing. You may be that worship leader or you may be that audio person that uploaded that video, but did you get the consent of every single person on stage? You as the worship leader, audio engineer that uploaded that video, did you get the consent of the singer that was singing that they were out of key and makes them look stupid? And I think in a lot of times 
maybe we ask, hey, Julie, are you fine if we upload this? And they go, yeah, yeah, of course I'm fine. But inwardly and internally, they're just going, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Like this, this other guy, this external person screwed up and makes me look like an idiot. I didn't make that mistake. I was singing in the right key, but someone in leadership decided we should use Autotune, which that should be a fun episode. We should discuss that at some point. Uh, and that person put Autotune, Wavestune Live in the wrong key to make me look bad. And so I just, I really started thinking. Um, and when I posted that post, I just thought, yes, I do feel like failure is essential to learning, but is your failure being shared publicly for everyone to see and enjoy beneficial? And I also noticed, honestly, also noticed a moment where someone had shared a worship fells video of someone in the band uh, making a mistake. And there was a famous worship leader that commented on that post and, you know, said, Oh, this is hilarious or whatever. And they weren't um, being mean. They weren't being mean spirited. They weren't saying that's that person is stupid and fat and ugly and they should never be allowed on stage and they're worthless. They just kind of commented on that. But I thought to me, you know, growing up, my worship leader idol, which is a terrible thing to say, and that should never be the thing, but was David Crowder. And I thought, what if if I had uploaded a video of me leading worship and making a mistake, and I saw a comment from David Crowder, it's like, haha, that's hilarious. Now, again, I make fun of myself, I joke, and maybe that would be okay. But I can say that after 15 years worth of leading experience, I don't know that I could say that at year one. So I just wonder, is worship fails movement beneficial to us? And again, I've, I've maybe presented more of my perspective than I intended to in this episode. And that's not my intent with these. And so strip that away for a moment. I want to leave you with a couple processing questions as we end every episode. Um, in every single episode, I present you three questions for you to contemplate on your own, discuss with your team. And if you want a PDF version of these questions to download, to think through, then head to volunteerfriendly.com. Look for episode three. That's the episode we're on. Go to volunteerfriendly.com. Look for episode three, and you can download these questions as a PDF to discuss with your team and to contemplate on your own. Those questions are number one, how are we providing our team and ourselves opportunities to fail and learn? Okay. So number one, how are we providing our team and ourselves opportunities to fail and learn? Number two, have we participated in a worship fail? This one's going to be, you're not going to like this, but I'm thinking through this myself. Number two, have we participated in a worship fails conversation as a way to make us feel better about our own insecurities? Have we participated in a worship fails conversation as a way to make us feel better about our own insecurities? That one stings. I don't really like that one, but that's the point of this show. Number three, question three, have we shamed or humiliated our team by sharing their failures publicly without their permission? And even think through that even further. Maybe they gave us permission, but you know that person, if they're a kind of mild mannered, sensitive person, quiet, maybe they gave their permission to still feel a part of the team, but really didn't feel like that's something they were okay with. So number three, have we shamed or humiliated our team by sharing their failures without their permission? Again, if you want a download of those questions for you to contemplate on your own or discuss with your team, head to volunteerfriendly.com. You can also discuss, join in the comment section there publicly for that episode uh, and discuss that. Again, don't present your opinion as gospel truth. Just pre present it as your opinion. Discuss it there. Um, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. And hopefully... Uh, it won't sting as much as this episode did. This one was a little touchy for me. And again, I'll do a better job in our next episode of not presenting my opinion so much, but continuing that discussion and conversation because this is the goal.
goal for me is to present these questions, uh, present these thoughts as things for us to discuss, to not say they are good or they are bad, or we should do them or should not do them, but just to get us having the conversation, just to get us discussing, to get us personally contemplating. So we'll see you next week, Thursday at 10 a.m. Central in the morning. We post our next episode and uh, I'll see you there. Hope you're there. I will be there. Take care, everybody. Bye.